Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. You're wonderful to me, God. Yes, God. Oh, yes. You're wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful to me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through it all, in spite of it all, you're wonderful. You're wonderful because, God, you remain faithful. Mm. You're wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sister Milbury. Thank you, and Brother Simon, for leading us in our worship this morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Many times we just have to stop and reflect on the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Uh, hallelujah. God's goodness does not negate trouble or pain or heartache. It's in the midst of it all. He proves himself faithful and displays his goodness. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the book of Jude, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Verses 17 through 22. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers, who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. There is referring to Holy Spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. I want to talk about preparing yourself to complete the task. Preparing yourself to complete the task. Lord, thank you, Father, for 
your grace and the privilege to stand in this place, this holy place, to proclaim your holy word. Thank you for your word that doesn't return to you void, but accomplishes all that you desire and that you prosper in the things that you sent it to. Thank you, Father, for what your word will do in our lives today. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit to proclaim your word today and to minister to your people. Be glorified. Anoint all of us so that yokes will be destroyed in our lives and burdens removed so that we can be effective in life and ministry. Have your way. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord for the theme that he's given us for this year. And as I pray that throughout the year that everything we say will focus us in on not just equipping us, but challenging us to complete the task and that we will hear that ringing over and over and over again in our minds and in our spirits. Preparing yourself to complete the task or for completing the task as a part of, of this process. And as I think about this, I can't emphasize enough the importance of our individual relationship with the Lord. Um, so we want you to, to, to know that that, that is, is what's so important. Uh, your individual relationship with the Lord can't be emphasized enough. Not just coming to church, all right? Not just singing or praying or doing your duty not just paying your tithes, but a, a very personal relationship with the Lord. We can't emphasize that enough. But today we, we, we're going to talk about, uh, I use the word components. It may not necessarily be components, but for the sake of the conversation, it will be sufficient. We're going to talk about components of our faith that, uh, that, that we are responsible for in strengthening our relationship with God and in the process that will help us in completing the task, all right? And, and for every believer, for every believer, that task is testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That's the task. That somehow, some way, we have to get it entrenched in the minds of every believer that that's your responsibility. So, to think about this, it has been, throughout this week, it has been impressing my spirit over and over again that we are in a serious battle with the enemy. We talk about this a lot. Uh, over the years, we've talked about this, but I don't really know how many people take this seriously. Uh, if I may use an example, and it's only, only, only three of us in here know about this example. Uh, so 
so, uh, or maybe four, but uh, it's not negative in any way, so don't take this negative. But uh, as I was thinking about, about this, I realized how important concepts in our minds are and the words that we say. So uh, we apologize for Wednesday night and those of you who didn't have the benefit of the, of the Zoom meeting, uh, but I'll make sure that I save it so that when, I, when, when nobody else is online to share it, then I'll have it. But in our conversation, uh, we were talking about the mind, and we've heard this saying a lot. The mind is the devil's playground. How many of y'all have heard that? But when you think about playground, what do you think about? You think about having fun. You know, of course, those of us who are older, we don't generally go to the playground, but you remember going to the playground when you were in school, the merry-go-round and the sliding board and the seesaw and, and the swings. I mean, you're having fun. But the mind is not the devil's playground because the devil is not having fun with you. And you're not having fun. You shouldn't be having fun <laughs> with the devil. The mind is the devil's battleground because he's coming at you. He's coming to get you. He's coming to destroy you. And he, whatever he does, he's serious in what he's doing. Yeah, Jesus said he comes to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. He's very serious about that. So he's out to get you. We've studied this in our lessons, but, but still this has to settle in people's mind. Satan is out to get you. If you are a believer, he wants to hinder your walk with the Lord. He wants to hinder your life in the Lord. He wants to hinder the things that you will do for the Lord. He wants to, he wants to, to, to hinder your witness. Our, our responsibility is to testify to the gospel of God's grace. And we are witnesses unto the Lord. Well, the devil wants to do whatever he can to get to stop you from being that witness. He does. He does. He wants to make you ineffective, ineffective in your ministry. And, and what we have to see is that we can't divide life and ministry. For us, ministry is our life, and our life is ministry. Now, I know in the Western world, that's something that's already been divided. But when you think of a Jewish concept of faith, there was no division. That's how they lived. Now, we're supposed to be Judeo-Christians. We've, we've, we've been adopted into this faith, and we have to see it that way. And a lot of, a lot of times, we have concepts in a Western mindset that, that don't necessarily fit into what the Scriptures say. So we have to try to... Uh, Oh, not I shouldn't say what the scriptures say, but the way it's termed in scripture. So then we have to we have to do some studying and 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 try to understand what the scripture, the terminology of scripture, and then make the application to our lives. So so, but but this this separation, this dichotomy of life and faith, a life and ministry in the Western world has done harm to us. Because we think that we can live life every day the way we want to live it and then do ministry when we come to church or when there's a ministry event. But, but no, 
No, it's not that way. If you are a follower of Jesus, your life, your ministry is your life, and your life is your ministry. So you minister at home with your family. You minister. You minister on your job. You minister. You are a Christian wherever you are, and your responsibility to ministry is wherever you are. And this proceeds out of you, out of your life. It's not a dichotomy. It's not a, it's not a thing that, that's separated. Yeah. So when we look at this battle, we look at this battle that Satan is fighting. Uh, for those of us, I said, who are followers of Christ, he's, he's, he's working to hinder us, to make us ineffective. And to those who are not saved, he's working very diligently to keep them from getting saved. All right? You wonder why people don't hear the Bible says it very clearly uh, to those that don't believe the gospel, their minds have been blinded by Satan. And so you're trying to talk to them about spiritual things, and you don't know why they won't give their lives to Jesus. Well, their minds have been blinded. Now, Jesus said that you got to bind the strong man. If you're going to plunder his goods, you got to know how to bind the strong man. And since some of us don't know how to bind the strong man, so we can't plunder his goods. Those unsaved souls are his goods. He's not buying acres of land. He's not concerned about acres of land. He's concerned about those people in the world that he can capture, that he can keep away from becoming a part of the kingdom of God. So when we talk, yes, he, he, he influences territories, but it's not the territory he's concerned about. He's concerned about those people who, if they give their lives to Christ, will become will come from his camp and now become his enemy and will advance the kingdom of God. So he works diligently to keep people from being saved. So when you're ministering to people and you're wondering why they don't understand, now you know why, all right? Now you know you got you, you to bind the strong man so you can plunder his goods. So in your children's lives, no sense in wasting your time trying to tell them you you just you weeping and you crying and you talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. No, bind that strong man. Bind that devil that has your child's mind. And stop thinking your child is so good that the devil can't have his mind. You see, we gotta, you know, folk again, again, the difference in East and West. I mean, when you go to Africa and, and other places and, and, and what we call third world, they understand spiritual battles. They understand the spirit realm. I mean, you know, they, they're dealing with people who are part of, of secret societies. And, and, you know, we don't even understand secret societies here. We have this battle in the church that it's okay to be a part of a secret society. Why does the church have to, have to speak against that? Well, so many of us are part of the secret societies. That's why we don't understand it and we fight against it. You know, <clears throat> there's a whole lot tied into that. There's a whole lot. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? You know, who, Lord, don't let me get to tattoos and all these other things, you know. You know, a number of folk in here got tattoos, and some folk want to get rid of them, but you should have got them. <laughs> Oh, Lord, have mercy. We don't understand why, and we argue. We argue with, with the association of these things to the underworld. So we see it and we like it, right? And, and, and since we've not made the transfer, 
from self and, 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 and the priority of self and what self wants. We've not transferred that to God and what God will have us do. Then we end up giving in to self and we're arguing with the preacher and we're arguing with those who will stand for what the Bible says and say, oh, it's okay. You tell, you tell your young people, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. Well, that's pastor's opinion. No, study the scriptures. Understand the scriptures. Understand the spiritual battle. This is serious. This is serious. And many times, saints, it's, it's so difficult to tell the difference between us and those who are of the world. You don't know. You can't distinguish the difference. You can't. It's very difficult. I know that's a tough subject. That, 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 that's, that hits a nerve with a lot of people. You know, I'm, I, and I know our lifestyle is what's so important in this process. But when, you, when you're really concerned about Christ, when you really want to glorify Christ, then you're careful about what you do, what you engage in, what you embrace. You're very, very careful. And you don't, if you did something because somebody else did it and you liked it, and then you began to examine yourself and you realize, I shouldn't have did that. Then you repent and you try to correct this thing. This battle is serious. This warfare is serious. And we, we are having a problem in the body of Christ uh, throughout the world. And, well, I, I may as well say the body of Christ has shifted. We shifted way away from Christ. It's almost like the Galatians when Paul said, you know, you started out well. Who deceived you? You know, we, we've shifted away. And anyway, anyway. So this battle is serious. This battle is serious. So, you know, as, I, as I'm praying about this and, and meditating over this and, 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 and sensing the Lord, um, there are some things that I want to talk about that's our part, our part in preparing ourselves, in preparing ourselves to, to, to complete the task. Because we have to see that we have... A responsibility. And as I talk about completing the task, I'm going to talk more so about our spiritual lives because you can't complete this task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace until you have dealt with yourself and issues about self. So as I looked at this, the Lord led me to Jude, and, 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 and I'm going to read this again. He says, verse 20, but, but dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. So what do I what, do I, what did the Lord give me out of these verses that will talk about your, yourself, that will talk about self and self's preparation for completing the task? The first thing that the, Lord, that the Lord showed me was that we have to develop spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. Part of the issue that we have in, in the world today with, in the body of Christ is a lot of people have not developed spiritual discipline. You know, 
And, and so then it's easy to engage in a lot of things because we've not, been, we've not developed spiritual disciplines. Now, I can't develop spiritual disciplines in you. I can only develop spiritual disciplines in me. I can tell you, which I will today, and talk to you about spiritual disciplines, but spiritual discipline is something that each believer has to develop in his or her own life. Amen. It's like, I can't, I can't stop you from eating apple pie, all right? Because first of all, I don't live in your house. So I may tell you, you don't need to eat apple pie because it's not good for you. But then you can go home and you can eat all of the apple pie you want to eat. Right? And most people go and eat all the apple pie they want to eat, then they come for prayer at the altar. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. But spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. He says, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. He's talking about spiritual discipline there. That's what he's talking about. And, and, and one of the disciplines here that he uses is praying in the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to mention a whole lot of other disciplines as we, as we go through this. But let's, let's think about this. So then, if you are going to be prepared for this battle... You have to be fortified. You have to be built up, not through going to the gym and lifting weights. Paul said, Paul said physical exercise profits a little. It's, yeah, it'll help you. But godliness is profitable in all things, having a promise of the life that now is and the life that is to come. So, so, so there has to be a fortification of your inner man, your, your inner woman. All right? Your spirit man, your spirit man. That's what's important in this battle. All right? Because this battle, uh, uh, as I said, you got to recognize that it's real. It's not a game. It's not just circumstances or, 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 or chance that, 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 that's coming upon you, the things that you're going through. It's not just circumstance. It's not just chance. We are actually engaged in a spiritual battle, and the devil wears, he may afflict your outer man, and you may have problems with your outer man, but it's the inner man. It's the inner woman that the devil is at. Because that's where your faith lies. He doesn't want you to become strong in the Lord and in the power of the Lord's might. That's not physical strength. That is spiritual strength. Are you listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now think about the things that you go through. Think about the things that you go through in life that are not necessarily physical. The manifestation may come in the physical, but it starts on the inside. Think about, think about the stresses of life, all right? The stresses of life that you go through that take that toll on you. Stress. I mean, whatever stress you can think about. How many people are stressed in here today? Just tell the truth. You, oh, you're giving it all up to Jesus. You, you have no stresses. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. That's great. But to tell the truth, a whole lot of us have stresses that we not, have not even identified. 
I remember the night that I resigned from Fishing Creek Baptist Church. And I remember when I went to sleep that night, I slept like I had not slept in so many years. Because there was a stress on me that I did not recognize. And people are going through stress and they're not recognizing it. You got bills that you got to pay. You don't know how you're going to pay them. Some people can say, you know, I've given it up to the Lord. I'm not worried about it. Some people say, I've given it up to the Lord. Then you're still worried about it. Stress. Stresses of life. Whatever they may be. Financial stress, family stress, parenting stress, work-related stress, fitting in stress, peer pressure as we call it, identity stress, identity issues, succeeding in life. All of these things are stresses that are on people. Your stress may not be my stress. My stress may not be your stress, but you have stress. And some people don't know how to deal with the stresses of life. You wonder why, why, why would someone who seems to be, seems to have it all and seems to be doing so well in life commit suicide? Stress. 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 Because even though on the outside everything may be looking wonderful, what's on the inside? That affects people negatively. Think about, think about emotional trauma that you go through in life. Oh, I've never had any emotional trauma. Oh. <laughs> oh, even when you're a teenager and you fall in love and that love doesn't work out, you go through some emotional trauma. You say, oh, that's just young love, that's puppy love. And, and God forbid when you start, when you start giving, getting serious and giving up things that you shouldn't give up, until you get married, because a lot of times, and I've said this before, I don't care, if, you know, I know a lot of people don't agree with some of the things that I say, but, you know, you ought to at least pay attention and think about it. You know, guys will play at love to get sex. Girls will play at sex because they want to be loved. Then when the guy has gotten what he wanted, he's going to play at somebody else. And now you are left maybe with a package that you didn't really want and that you were not really prepared for. But you're, you are even, you are then also left with the emotional trauma of dealing with a love that was real to you. Your parents might have thought you were foolish. Other adults might have thought you were foolish. But it was very real to you. It was traumatic in your life to be dropped like a hot potato. And to see this guy, or vice versa, it could be a girl that dropped the guy, to see that person go on to somebody else. And you're sitting back wondering, why? What's wrong with me? Am I talking real talk to anybody? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense? Trauma. Trauma. Now, 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 here we are in the church. We're talking about you preaching the gospel. Your mind not on preaching the gospel. Your mind is not on testifying to the gospel of God's grace. You're dealing with this trauma that you're going through in your life. Emotional trauma. 
emotional trauma that takes a toll on you. Grief, grief that results from the loss of a loved one, either through death or divorce. Let me tell you something. Sometimes people who get divorced, they are traumatized. They might be happy to get out of the relationship, but some of them were not happy to get out of the relationship. Let me tell you, when people have committed adultery and there's another person that has come in in the marriage and that has caused trauma in a person's life or something else, that is trauma. People go through trauma. We're telling people, you need to testify to the gospel of God's grace. No, 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 no. Right now, that's too much on me to testify. We don't understand why people don't get, don't get more involved and more engaged in ministry. Trauma has taken place. They're dealing with the stresses of life. Taking this toll. Sometimes you're dealing with insensitive people. Insensitive people or evil people in the world. I said it last Sunday. I said it again. I'm, you know, that, that whole concept of an evil race of people, you know, the more I think about it, the more I realize that the church has not dealt with that enough. We've heard people say there's good in everybody. Well, according to the scripture, there's some people that are pure evil. There's an evil race of people, and we got to realize that this is Satan's progenity that's in the earth realm. Amen. That was started by those fallen angels who came and had had intercourse with 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 the women and and developed this evil race, and that has gone on just like the godly seed has gone on. So there are evil people in this world. We got to recognize it, and sometimes we end up dealing with these evil people, and then we are traumatized because we don't realize that there's evil in the world. Trauma. These things affect life. They affect ministry. And they are inroads that Satan uses to come into your life. It's just an opening. You know, Satan doesn't need, but just, he's a spirit. He's a fallen angel, he's demons, demons. So he doesn't need but a little crap to get in. He doesn't need you to adore that wire to get into your life. And if we don't think that Satan is real, then we just open up all of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter says, be watchful, be sober, for your adversary prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's on, the, he's on the prowl, looking, seeking, seeking, seeking. He's around. Now, you think about this. Satan is singular. The, 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 the name is singular. But when he was expelled, when he was cast out of heaven, a third of the angels were cast out with him, those demons that are in, in the earth realm. And, 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 and he's using them. And they're on the prowl. And it's difficult to get people to see this. But, saints of God, Jude says to us that you and I, now he's speaking to believers, that if we're gonna, if we're gonna be equipped for this, which 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 pushes us to the place where we can complete the task, 
that we must build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. In other words, the thing that will help us in the spiritual battle is to fortify your inner man, fortify your inner woman. And you fortify the inner self through developing spiritual discipline. I read this, and I, and, and I, was, I, was, I, was, I was grabbed by this statement. It says, the desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for a deep people, for a deep people. Now, deep, he wasn't talking about you walking around here, you know, you know and looking all spooky and stuff. Every word you say, you speak it in other tongues. He wasn't talking about that. He was talking about a people who've gone deep in their faith through developing spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines are habits, practices, and experiences that are designed to, to develop, to grow, and to strengthen certain qualities of the spirit, to build the muscle of one's character, and to, and to expand the, the breadth of, the, of, one's, of, of one's inner life. You got that? Say it again. Spiritual disciplines are habits, practices, and experiences that are designed to develop, to grow, and to strengthen certain qualities of the spirit. All right? To, spirit with a small f, s to build the muscle of one's character and expand the breadth of one's inner life. All right? Now, that, 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 that's so important. You see, you see, you see, growing in faith is like constructing a huge building or any building. All right? But, but the higher you go or you plan to go will determine the depth and the width of the foundation. So if you plan to go high, you got to go deep and wide first. Why? Because there are pressures and there are stress on that building. And that building has to be able to stand the pressure and the stress. Now I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't write all that down that I studied about pressure and stress because when you when you hear the word you think it's the same thing but but that there's a there's a subtle difference between the two pressure deals with something that that's coming directly down on you all right the external but the stress has something to do with the spatial aspect of the building and, it, and, and, and when you think about it, I don't know if you've ever been to, ever paid attention in Charlotte when they're building a skyscraper or any other city. Before they ever go up, they go deep down into the ground with cement and steel. They're building a foundation. And one of the things that they talk about when you deal with earthquake-prone areas, they talk about putting shock absorbers in those foundations so that when the, when, the, when the earthquake comes, rather than the building falling over, it will just lean to the side, you know, and straighten back up. 
And I thought about what Jesus said when he said, you know, he talked about the man building his life uh, on the sand. He said when the, when the rains came, when the storms came, and the rains came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, it fell, and great was the fall of it. But the one who built his house on a solid foundation, when the rains came, when the storms came, and the winds came, and beat upon that house, it may have swayed, glory to God, back and forth and silence to side, but it stood. And see what's happening today, saints? What's happening today is people are not going deep. We want to look pretty. All right, we spend a whole lot of time looking beautiful, and we're raising our children to look pretty, and they're on Facebook with all of this stuff, and they're going to the beauty parlors, and they get, they're, getting, they're getting makeup, and they're getting, they're getting nails, and they're getting long hair, and they're dressing nice, but they're not going deep. God help us. Nothing wrong with looking pretty, but baby, you got to go deep. It's nothing wrong, men, with going to the gym and, and lifting weights and building your body and having a wonderful physique, but bodily exercise only profits a little. You've got to go deep. If you want a foundation, I was in Kenya. I think it was my, like my first trip to Kenya, and we, we were visiting this museum, and there were some school children there. And I noticed, you've heard me tell this before, I noticed, I noticed that all of the girls had their heads shaved. I thought that was strange. And I asked the guy, I said, why do the girls have their heads shaved? He said, it's because in our culture, we want them to focus on their education and not on their looks. I said, wow. And they will go into womanhood with their head shaved. And I'm not saying that you got to shave your head. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this, this inordinate attention that people are paying to their looks without going deep in the Lord, and it's not just people outside of the church. It's folk in the church. Some of the greatest fashion shows happen in the church. You know, you know, you know, and we spend a lot of money on fashions looking good. You know, it's okay to look good, but go deep. Just go deep. Just go deep. And how do you? <laughs> so, 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 yeah, yeah. And, and so we got a lot of weak people. We have a lot of shallow people in the church. Shallow. They can sing pretty. They can preach good but they're shallow. See, when you go deep, I believe that you're not going to commit suicide when things don't go right in your life because you're deep in the Lord. And so when the storm of life comes and your building leans to the side, it's going to straighten back up because you're deep in the Lord. But if your life is focused on what people think about you, how in the world are our children, little children, committing suicide because their friends don't like them? How does that happen in today's society? What's going on at home? What's going on at home? 
that, 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 that these children got to be liked. And we got this inordinate attention about how many friends we have. Those people are not your friends on Facebook. You don't know half of them. You never said, you never talked with them directly. They're not your friends. But we have this inordinate attention. We want to be light. Shallow, that's shallowness. But you know what? Children didn't get it just from their children, from their peers. They got it from mom and daddy. If you're shallow, how can you take your child deep? Now, I understand that at a certain age, you know, children hear what they want to hear and, and do what they want to do. But if you've taken them deep, they're coming back. That's, that's, you can't get, they can't get away from the Lord. They may run like Jonah, but they got to come back. They, they end up in the belly of a whale. But if you are shallow, you can't take your, take your children deep. Lord Jesus. Now, as I was preparing this, I realized that this point of the message won't take a while. So we might finish the rest of this next week. I'm not sure. But this part, because this is, this is so critical. This could be a sermon in and of itself. The shallowness is in the body of Christ. Jude says, in order to deal with this enemy, and I, you know, he is talking about these people that are attacking the faith. So, you know, even though I may not go in here and, 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 and do all of the exegetical stuff to, 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 to talk about uh, context and everything, but he is talking about these people that are attacking the faith. All right. So he's talking about the enemy. He says that these folk do not have the Holy Spirit. So if they don't have the Holy Spirit, they're not even saved. And if they're not saved, they belong to the devil because there's no middle ground. So he says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. In order to handle this warfare successfully, you must go deep and wide by developing spiritual disciplines. I said he mentioned praying in the Holy Ghost. He did. But there are several others that we're going to talk about. All right? Spiritual disciplines. Meditation. Prayer. Fasting. Simplicity. Oh, Jesus. Fellowship. Journaling, chastity, stewardship, submission, obedience, study, evangelism, contemplation, confession, solitude, gratitude, self-examination, silence. And even celebration. Disciplines that you need to develop if you're going to go deep in the Lord. If you're going to build yourself up in your faith, this is not coming to church and getting this good feeling. And when the music starts going, you got a good dance on, you feel good. Now, I had a dance today. Nah, it's what you, it's the time that you take to develop spiritual discipline in your life. So you're going deep and wide before you go up. person gets saved and they have a beautiful voice. 
we're looking for the opportunity to let them sing in the congregation so they can bless the people. Where they need to be going deep and wide. Young person is charismatic, has a great personality, can speak well. And we want to put them up to preach when they need to take time to go deep and wide by developing spiritual disciplines. All the church has been hurt by shallow people. I know it's a struggle for us. It's a, it's a real struggle as we deal with this, this teaching that we're doing on Wednesdays and Thursdays on, on, on theology. But the big problem in the church is that we've never grown deep, gone deep and wide. We want to go on to something that's more interesting, more dealing more with what a person is dealing with in his or her life. Because they're not, they're not interested in developing theology. <clears throat> That's a tough one. Because if you go to the doctor, you just want to get well. He gives you medicine, and the very first time you start feeling good, you stop taking the medicine. When it says, take all of the medicine. How many of us have ever done that? Stop taking that medicine. I don't like taking medicine. Went to the doctor just a few weeks ago. I had a problem with my stomach with, with acid reflux, and the doctor gave me the medicine. And he said, take it. And I started taking it, and it did help. As soon as it started helping, <laughs> I stopped taking the medicine. But guess what? That came right back. Then went to him the other day. He said, no, you need to be on this medicine for eight months. I said, Lord, Jesus, eight months. That's the way it is. Let me go on. Let me finish this. Yeah. These things are going to help us grow and develop as, as, as a believer, but they're going to help us complete the task. And we got to grow and develop as believers. If we're going to complete the task, I, I want to see a congregation where, where, where everybody can proclaim the gospel. Everybody is strong in the Lord. Amen? I mean, I can understand someone just getting saved and they got to grow, but people that's been saved or claiming salvation for 10, 15, 20 years, you ought not be weak now. You ought to be strong. You ought to be in a place where you can testify to the gospel of God's grace. And you're not going to do it unless you start developing spiritual discipline. you got to go deep. You've got to go wide. Stop being shallow in your faith. There's another scripture I wrote down. And I didn't write down the whole scripture. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses three through nine, and I'm going to read it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. I know I wrote it before I wrote it down. Because we're talking about, we were we're talking about these disciplines that, 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 that we need to have in order to, to, to handle warfare successfully and go deep and wide. So, so in uh, Second Peter, Second uh, Peter chapter one, Peter says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us to be his, called us by his own glory and goodness. 
Through these, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. All right, now, so I'm saved now, and I escaped the world and its corruption. But Peter says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. I got faith to be saved. I came to the Lord, all right? I gave my life to him. I believe the Lord, and I believe in the Lord. But he says, for this very reason, add. Can someone say add? I must add to my faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control. That's that word discipline again. And to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection or brotherly love and to brotherly love uh, and, and to mutual affection love. For, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measures, they will keep you from being ineffective. What do we want to be as believers? We want to be effective. We want to be effective. You're not going to be effective if you do not develop these spiritual disciplines. You're not going to be. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is what? Anybody reading it with me? Oh, you're not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Somebody got that Bible open. Somebody read it. <laughs> Nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Oh, Jesus. So if you don't have these things and they're not in you in increasing measure, then you put yourself in a place that you forget that you were cleansed from your past sin. So if you forgot you were cleansed from your past sin, and the devil will bring back up, let's lay aside every weight and the sin that does so. Ooh. So you didn't, you didn't develop these spiritual disciplines. You didn't keep yourself being built up in the Holy Ghost. You didn't, keep your, you didn't take yourself deep and go wide in your faith. And after a while, that thing you used to do looks mighty appealing. God help us today. Develop spiritual disciplines. Develop spiritual disciplines. And, and Jude adds this... Pro, uh, proactive instruction to us. He says that you and I, whoop, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so then he says that we need to engage the battle. I'll finish this. All right. We need to engage the battle. Okay. He says, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. All right. So, so what are you saying now? You said engage the battle, but you says keep yourself in God's love. Guess what a battle is? The devil wants to separate you from the love of God. Paul says in the book of Romans, I am persuaded that neither death, is it Romans chapter 8? Yeah, 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 yeah. I am persuaded that neither death 
nor life. Let me find it. Let me read it so I can say it right. Yeah, verse 38. NIV. NIV. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What's the battle? The battle is to separate you. Paul said, I'm convinced that, that, that nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. So there's this battle going on to separate you from God's love. And you got a citizen. And, and, and so, so, so Jude says to the believers that, that, that as you're building yourself in your most holy faith, you, part of what you, the way you're going to do this is keeping yourself in the love of God. You got to fight this battle. The foundation that you're building is Building on is faith in the Lord Jesus, a faith in God. God is love. Therefore, you're building up your most holy faith in the God who is love. You must work diligently to keep yourself in the love of God. It's just not going to happen because you're saved. Got to work diligently to keep yourself. Now, now, how many of you all know that's the truth? Tell the truth and shame the devil. It's the truth. Don't fool people and think, oh, I got it. I'm good, you know. You know, I've been in the Lord ever since I've been saved. I've been living whole, saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost. I don't have no evil thoughts. I don't have no negative thoughts. You know, I don't have no negative desires. I mean, I'm just fully kept, fully saved. You're tricking people. The devil using you to, and young people look at you with your nasty attitude, and they say, where's that Holy Ghost? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You're building your, the reason you're building your foundation in the love of God is because God is the one who created you, and God is the one who really loves you. He is the one who's going to keep you, all right? He is the one who really ultimately fights for you. He sent Jesus into this world to die on the cross. And we are saved solely by trusting in the finished work of Christ on Calvary. That's the only way we are saved. Yeah. yeah. So keep yourself in the love of God. All right? And keeping yourself in the love of God is not going to happen without a fight. This is a battle. It's a battle you face every day while you wait for the Lord's return. You face it every day. Satan is out to pull you away from God. Amen. Yeah, he is. He comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But you've got to be watchful. You've got to be sober. You've got to be vigilant. Glory to the name of Jesus. You've got to be convinced that Satan is a liar and is the father of lies. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got to know that you're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age. You've got to know that you're wrestling against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly realm. But you also got to know that Jesus has disarmed those principalities and powers, that he's made a public spectacle of them. Hallelujah. And
then you've got to resist the devil steadfast in the faith. This is a battle, saints. It's not just sitting around on the front porch in your rocking chair. Well, people don't do that anymore. But drinking iced tea and lemonade and enjoying the presence of the Lord. This is a battle we're engaged in. It's not just playing video games, you know, and having fun with your friends. This is a battle that we are engaged in, and the devil is after you. Engage the battle. Engage ministry. So, develop spiritual disciplines. You, you got to engage the battle. Then you got to engage ministry, and I'll be done. He says, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corruption. I'm not going to go into the depth of all of that, but that's ministry. Jude is saying to the believers that you just, in this battle, you still got to engage in ministry. That's ministry that needs to be done. Even though you are in this battle, this, there's a war being waged against Christ and against his ministry, and you are his ministers in the earth realm. You can't sit down and not engage in the battle and engage in ministry. And, saints, you can't wait until Jesus comes back to get engaged in ministry. We're waiting for his return. So while we're waiting for his return, there are people who the devil is capturing. We, some of them we have to snatch from the fire. Some of them we have to use some, some strong tactics Some of them, we have to show mercy mixed with reverent fear. And, but we have to still, we have to hate even the very garment stained by the flesh or by corruption. You talk about hating stuff, Christians don't want to hear that because we want to love everybody. Some things you got to hate. You don't hate the person, you hate the sin. We're in the fight. We still have ministry to do. We're the church. We're the household of faith. We are the pillar and foundation of truth, according to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. We are, we are the body of Christ in the earth realm, and there's ministry that we have to engage in. So we can't wait until the fight is over because the, the, the fight is not going to be over until Jesus comes back. We got to do it in the midst of the battle. I want y'all to hear now. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation and all of its ramifications. All right, all right. We can't wait until the battle is over to do that ministry. There's no sense in that. Because the battle is trying to reconcile people to God. The battle is making disciples. The battle, I mean, the ministry is making disciples. The ministry is, is encouraging the saints and building up the saints. We've got to engage in ministry in the midst of the battle. 
We've got to do it. One of, my, one of the things that's really troubling me is that many churches are just preaching on Sunday. And there's no other ministry going on. We're almost guilty of that. Because about the only thing we're doing is teaching on Tuesday and Wednesday night and praying on Tuesday night. And most people are trying to stay safe away from the church. I don't understand that. I don't understand that you can go to family gatherings. And you know all your family not vaccinated. But you can't come to the house of the Lord. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can, how you can go on trips and, you know, go to work even. But you can't come back to the fellowship of believers because you're afraid that, that those of us who, who are gathering and really concerned about safety and are wearing our mask, you know, and socially distancing, that this is a dangerous place to be. But we can go to the malls. Some of us, not all of us, but a lot of us. Yeah, we go to the grocery stores. We can have conversations with people. You, you know, you've seen these people come up in your face and they just start talking to you. And you don't even, oh, wait a minute. Don't be so close up in my face. But ministry, ministry, saints, has to go on. When do we start trusting the keeping power of God. While we do our part, yes, but trust that God will keep us so that we can engage in ministry. God never intended for us to be separated like we're separated. This pandemic should have taught us some things. The need for each other and how we can manage and be safe and still do ministry. We got the ministry of reconciliation. There are things that need to be done. I sent out an email yesterday, and I don't know, this morning nobody had responded to it, so maybe you hadn't seen it. Ministry. In the midst of the battle, this pandemic is like a battle. And it's affecting the church. And a lot of us have retreated to our safe places. And I understand wanting to live. We want to live. But I understand trusting the Lord in the midst of it. Listen to what Paul said. We've read it. He says, and now, compelled by the Spirit, Acts 20, 22, I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Was danger waiting on Paul in Jerusalem? Yeah. Did people want to kill him? They didn't just want to put Paul in prison. They wanted to kill him. They tried to kill him several times. But he said, 
I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to God's grace. So when it comes to ministry, saints, Paul, Paul's focus was on trusting God as he did ministry in the midst of the battle. And the Lord kept him. And not just Paul, the Lord has kept so many others. Did some people die? Of course. Will everybody die? Yeah. That's a tool the devil uses against us. You're going to get sick and die. Well, devil, I'm going to die anyway. So I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do. As I testify to the gospel of God's grace. I get here by developing the spiritual disciplines, going deep and wide in the Lord. I guarantee you that the biggest problem we have in the body of Christ is that people are not going deep or wide. That is the biggest problem. We're shallow. So it's difficult to engage the battle, and it's difficult to engage in ministry. The first little thing that happens, our feelings are hurt. Now we're ready to quit. It's no depth. As long as people are praising us, it's all right. Come to church and somebody look at you strange. What's she looking at me strange for? Well, maybe they had something on their mind. I was doing something the other day and I was just standing there looking. And I was asked, are you okay? Or you need something to do? But see, my mind had gone to several different places as I was standing there. Because my mind is, is always at work. I'm thinking about home. I'm thinking about ministry. I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about what people have, have talked to me about and asked me to pray for. I'm thinking about ministry in Liberia. I'm thinking about ministry in the different countries. My mind is constantly because sometimes I may, my, I may be looking and, I'm, and, and you might be in, in, the, in, in the direction that I'm looking in. I don't even see you. So if you think that I looked at you strange... Just consider, don't get offended. Don't get upset. Why are you looking at me strange? Don't stop coming because you were in my view. Maybe the Lord will, will, will cause me to see you and I'll pray for you. Do you understand? We, so many, because we're shallow. That's the biggest problem. I think I need to come back and, and deal with that. That's a serious problem in the church. So this morning, I know that I've been talking now for almost an hour. Thank the Lord Jesus. Yes. It's a lot in me because I've been reflecting on a whole lot of stuff for a long, long time. One of my aunts said one time, he went to school to be a preacher. I wanted to tell her, but you know, you couldn't talk to old people like that back then you get slapped a couple of times. I want to tell us, I want to say, aunt, whatever, baby, you're wrong. God called me to be a preacher. I went to school to help equip myself. 
and prepare myself for ministry. But before I went to school, I was in Sunday school. I was in the Word. My daddy took me to Sunday school. My daddy made sure we studied the Word of God. So it wasn't the college, it wasn't the seminary that started my foundation. That was a part of building on it so I could go deep. And the Lord has taken me through some stuff in life. Some good things, and I've been through some bad things. The song says, I've had some good days, I've had some bad days. But I won't complain, because God was in the midst of it all. And every trick of the enemy that the devil tried to use to trip me up, the Lord took it and turned it into a blessing. It helped me go deep. It helped me go wide. People say, Bishop, I don't see how you do it. There are times I feel like just giving up. I can go home. I can go down to the Dominican Republic and buy me a piece of land and build me a house. Take my wife with me and let Yesuto and whenever I have grandchildren, they can come and visit me. But guess what? I would get down there and I'd start a church. <laughs> God, that's what's in me. That's my life. Because the Lord has taken me deep and taken me wide. Saints, the battle is real. It's time out for being shallow. Okay? Shallow people will wear their feelings on their shoulders. Shallow people will never pick up that Bible and study it seriously. Shallow people don't have a prayer life. Shallow people don't even contemplate life. They don't think about the depth of life. They think about what's on the surface. They spend more time in the mirror and looking pretty so other people can see them than they do looking good on the inside. So when God looks at them, he's pleased with that inner person. A lot of shallow people in the body of Christ. Let's start going deeper. Let's stand. Maybe there's somebody today. And maybe you're not in here, but if you are, if there's somebody in here today who is not saved, you want to give your life to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity to do so. Let me tell you, a life in Christ, where you start growing in the Lord, and first of all, being saved is vital, because outside of salvation, you're lost. You're condemned already because you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And if you believe that, Holy Spirit is going to, is going to lead you to give your life to, to him. If you're condemned already, then hell and damnation is waiting on you. Jesus gave his life so that you can live eternally with him. He satisfied God's law, God's justice, so that you could be saved. You don't have to satisfy that. You couldn't satisfy it anyway. He did it for you on your behalf. He's your substitute. He substituted his life for your life. You're listening to me online, and you're not saved. Wherever you are, if you're in your house, if you're at the park, if you're in the gym, wherever you are, you're listening to this, 
You don't have to be in the sanctuary to give your life to Jesus. Stop what you're doing right now. Even if you don't understand everything fully, but you know that you're lost and you want to be saved, you want Jesus in your life, ask him. It has to be a decision of your will. He will receive you. He wants to receive you. He died for you. Pray this prayer. It's simple, but if it's the decision of your will and you mean it and you want Christ to save you, he will do just that. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sin. You satisfied God's law that says the soul that sins shall surely die. Lord Jesus, I understand that my dying would not satisfy God's law. Only your death. You died for me. You were my substitute. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I yield my life to you. I repent of my unbelief. I believe today. Come into my life. Save me. I receive you now as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.